everyone, it's Lacey Scholes from VH1's Rock of Love. And this is Talk of Love, the new podcast. This isn't just reality, this is real life. Hey everyone, it's Lacey motherfucking Skulls, and this is Talk of Love, episode 34. So normally I do a big uh, opening segment where I talk about whatever is on my mind that day. But uh, for this episode, I'm actually going to bypass that because I am just really excited about my next guest. Uh, We only have an hour, so I really want to spend as much time with him as possible because he and I really have a lot to talk about and a lot to unpack. So rather than doing my normal opening spiel, I'm actually just going to get right into the intro. So please help me welcome the winner of Daisy of Love, you know him as London, Joshua Lee. Hey, Josh, how's it going? I'm very good. Thank you. How are you, Lacey? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I'm glad anybody still cares. <laughs> I think a lot of people still care, actually. I'm actually amazed at how much people are all about Rock of Love and Daisy of Love and all of these shows, but you were definitely by far one of the fan favorites. And I got to tell you, I, I guess you muted or, or, or deleted a lot of your social media accounts. And yeah. I had to turn into like a freaking bloodhound to, to find, to find <laughs> you. Because everybody was like, oh, you got to bring on, you know, London. We want to see London. And so I'm like, okay. And I started just like Googling you and trying to find your social media. I, like, I thought I found your Instagram. I'm like, oh, here he is. I click on it. I'm like, oh, no, that's not him. Like he's, he's deleted it. And uh, so, yeah, I had to really like put out all the feelers to, co- to find you and like totally stalk oh, your life. So. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, actually, was the social media thing, I, I realized um, that, I guess, you know, for my own, like, mental health and just in general, that if I have something to promote, it's a fantastic tool. If not, I'm just, like, clicking, watching life through other people's eyes, you know, and, and not actually doing my own thing and, you know, living in my own reality. So uh, I just one day was like, screw this and fuck it, deleted everything. Wow. So, that's pretty good. That's I feel like that's like the equivalent of like quitting smoking or something. <laughs> I don't exist. Basically, it's like you know, if someone doesn't like it, then you know, did it happen? <laughs> that's true, actually. And you know, I, I say that a lot about you know, people often ask me um, like, how do you deal with haters and stuff like that? And I'm like, you know, basically, when you have your phone off or your laptop closed. It's funny because it's like they don't exist anymore. You know, it's really weird how we have these like two totally separate worlds. We have like our actual world and then we have the virtual world. And then I always tell people like these people who talk shit in the virtual world, they have no way of getting mm-hmm. to me otherwise. So all you got to do is be like close or delete. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. Absolutely. I mean, and when, when, the when my show aired, um, you know, it was, and I guess you know, when yours too, when you were on, is like it was back in like the MySpace days. Oh yeah, uh, there was, was a VH1 forum, like chat room, right, and uh, message board, I guess, and you know, so it wasn't as pervasive as it is now. But like, I had to learn the hard way that you do not go actively seeking uh, commentary on. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> a bad idea. You, know, you as a person. <laughs> Yes, yeah. it's a very bad idea. So yeah, it's you know, like fortunately, you know, I, I I get good. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, I was just gonna say it's like, are you feeling good about yourself today? Well, try going online and googling yourself. <laughs> That'll bring you down a few pegs. <laughs> oh, totally, totally, yeah. Anytime, anytime, you get the ego going, just right yourself. Well, I'm glad that you're you're here though, because as I said, a lot of people want to hear from you. You do have a ton of fans. And um, I know you kind of had a little bit of a similar path that I had, which is where music was really your thing. And that mm-hmm. was your focus. And that was your career when you were in New York City. And then you ended up on this reality TV show sort of like at, by accident. Um, so I, I, can, I can understand where you're at mentally on, as far as that specific path goes. So let, yeah. let's, um, let's go back a little bit and talk about that. Um, Let's talk about your band and, and where you were at in life before Daisy of Love. And then, and then let's talk about how you ended up on the show. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I was, uh, before the show, I was, um, you know, I was uh, like about to turn, I was like 28, 29. Um, you know, I would live my best part of my 20s in New York City playing in, you know, band. And, and, and we were, you know, we weren't... Uh, 
anything big or anything, but you know, we played, you know, CBGB's main stage a few times. And, that's you know, we had our awesome, band. by the way. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, freaking totally. awesome. Actually, I, I don't know if you can still find it on Google, but originally for the closing night of CBGB's, they were going to go with the old school, um, kind of a, a, the, the vibe that they used, they have when they started and they were going to do all unsigned New York bands. And we were the midnight slot for the original closing night lineup. And we oh lost that and they ended up, ended up getting like Debbie Harry and actual, you know, good, good uh, musicians. But um, now, for, I just want to interrupt you for one second for our younger fans who may not know about yeah. CBGB. That was like the iconic uh, nightclub in New York City, the live music venue yeah. where anybody who was anybody got their start there and and made that place iconic. I mean, can you can you add upon that? I feel like I'm not doing it justice with that description. Oh, no, I mean, it's like, I mean, I think uh, I remember, you know, the Ramones got started there. I know, um, I think the police, uh, one of their, their first U.S. tour, um, the police uh, played to like, you know, like the owner and his dog. And then they went and finished the tour on the country. By the time they came back, it was, uh, you know, packed house. Um, GNR played there many times. Uh, there's a very famous acoustic show, I think, of theirs that's, uh, you know, on YouTube that... Um, you know, I mean, just, I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, if it, you didn't, you're not a New Yorker, you weren't a New Yorker unless you got some kind of like, you know, disease from the CBGB's bathroom. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I would say like the, the Los Angeles equivalent to that would be the Whiskey A Go Go and, um, yeah, just yeah. iconic places. And I remember by the time my own band got up and touring around the United States, when by the time we got to playing shows in New York, CBGB's had just closed. I remember I was like super bummed about that, but that's so rad that you got, actually got to perform there. Yeah, yeah, three times. It was, That's uh, it was pretty awesome. cool. Cool. Yeah. So, so you're doing your band, and then, um, and then, how did you end up finding about Daisy of Love? I was actually uh, there's a I don't know if it still exists, but there's a nightclub um, called Greenhouse um, that uh, was um, opening up, um, and uh, I had gone. Um, they did like a grand open, like a soft opening, which was for like, you know, celebrities and cool people. And then the actual grand opening for the public and everything. Um, and uh, a friend of mine's band was playing, um, I, I guess, the grand opening, whatever. Uh, so I went to go check out her band and uh, someone came up to me and was like, hey, you know, like you should you look like, you know, you would fit good on this like reality show we're doing. It's like a rock and roll themed VH1 show called the Sally Project. Okay. Yeah. They always give the yeah. shows like the working titles first. I, I remember our show was called like bongos or like they give it like a totally weird, obscure name when they're pitching it to you. And then it always uh, ends I, up being I, totally I different have, than that. Bongos, I would have been, I would have been sold in an instant. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right. I'm like, that sounds very intriguing. I got to go see what this is all about. <laughs> I almost did an audition actually because you know I just didn't. If it said bongos, I mean I would have been there. And, you know, no <laughs> right? Asked. I, so many images so, in my head of what that could be. <laughs> right? So uh, no, you know, the, and then the next day I wasn't I wasn't gonna go to the audition. She gave me a card, told me come up. Uh, here's the address to be here at like four p.m. or something. And of course, around three p.m. I'm I'm uh, like three sheets to the wind. I'm like you know been drinking already, and I, it it becomes a great idea to go and do it. So I, I go to the audition, and um, I pray that the tape uh, they made never becomes public uh, at all. Uh, that it was destroyed. <laughs> Why do you say uh, that? I was I, I and, and I feel bad because they did not get on the show the person they got in my audition. <laughs> okay, like, I mean I. I took the camera from them. I'm like, no, no, not like that. You got to do it like this. And I'm like laying on the countertops and on the couches, just being ridiculous. And, and, uh, that's awesome. Uh, well, that's it. how you got on. Yeah, of course. So, oh, yeah. I, I lied. My, my entire audition, it was like one giant lie. Like they're like, yeah. what's the craziest place that you've ever had sex? And I'm like, I had sex on a helicopter over the Grand Canyon <laughs> and parachuted <laughs> off naked. I mean, I just like made up the most yes. ridiculous. And they're like, I don't even know if she's full of shit or not, but we got to bring her on the show. And that's the funny thing about it too, is that you're telling this like, this crazy story. I'm, and I'm telling something that was, you know, was, I think mine was probably true because I was drunk enough to think it was okay to, you know, really discuss this stuff. But it, it, you're talking about this like crazy shit that most people would be like, what's wrong with you and and, and there's this, the girl who's interviewing me is just like yeah this is, they, they, like you're so messed up 
we're going to make you look so stupid on TV. <laughs> it's going to be great, you know? Yeah, yeah. little do we know. <laughs> yeah, right? I didn't. No idea. So, yeah, I mean, I did that. And then, like, um, maybe uh, two months later, I got the phone call that they wanted me to go out to L.A. And then I kind of got the contract and stuff. And I figured out, you know, that it was uh, like a dating show. And there's this girl that, you know, you're going to compete for. and I hadn't, I, you know, I didn't really, even, I didn't know who she, Daisy was. Um, I don't think it even dawned on me really to Google her at first because, you know, the internet wasn't as, like, obvious back then. Right. You know, um, I didn't know that it was off of Rock of Love or anything, but, you know, I did think it was going to be great publicity for my band. And uh, it's like, you know, uh, they didn't want me to do it, actually. They're they, like, no, they it's who, like stupid. Who, they who? My band, the guys in my band. Oh yeah, they're like this might yeah, be were, make us a like, joke. Like super lame. You'll never be cool anymore if you do it. Like, <laughs> but uh, it's, I did it anyway. And, uh, it's you know, it's it was, definitely uh, a gamble. It's a gamble because I will say, as much as I love like the underground rock music scene, um, yeah. I would definitely the one negative I would say about them is they tend to be a little bit elitist. And, um, and so I remember, cause I had really been working hard for years building up, you know, um, my reputation in the, in the music scene and we'd been touring a lot and, and similar to you, we, you know, we were, we were an underground band and I was happy with that's where we were. But I do remember when I did Rock of Love, a, a lot of like the music fans and music, um, industry, like peers of mine called me up and were like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, like, this is so cheesy. You're, yep. you're like. Because I was always thought of as like this very strong, independent woman and and never would be somebody that would like compete for someone's love. You know, I'd be like, if you're not interested in me, then you can go fuck yourself. Like, I just always had that kind of attitude. So everybody uh-huh. who like really knew me, they're like, what are you doing right now? And I'm like, trust me, I'm not really trying to find love. You'll get it. This is a smart decision. And some people got it and some people didn't. But honestly, it's funny because at the time, all of us who went on the show um, for other reasons, other than like to find love, we were really kind of Which like, what's that? Which is everybody. Yeah. They would shoot you down. Like, well, you're not really here for love. You're not here for love. And like, well, neither is Daisy, neither is Flavor Flav, neither is Brett Michaels. And so we sort of had to like ride that balance. Like, even though we knew we were there to, I, nobody's going to go on TV to, to find dating, like to find love. That's the worst move ever. But of course, if you have yes. something else going on in your life, that's like the best move for career stuff, you know? So of course that's what I, and anybody who says that you're not on that show um, to promote themselves in some way is, is lying. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. It's 100% agree. I mean, it's, it, there's nobody that is like, except maybe Chi Chi, I think, uh, <laughs> you know, was completely sincere and just happened to, you know, um, you know, get on and, 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 you know, I just don't see that he's not the kind of guy I think that like, since they're thinking, how can I promote myself? You know? Right. Um, uh, but it's not to say you know, that think, people wouldn't really find love. It's just the 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 primary bachelors and bachelorettes of these shows, they, they're always looking to do season two and season three. So I think that like if if Brett was really like really trying to find love or if Daisy was really trying to find love and not get ready for season two and season three, I think that maybe the people there could have fallen in love as, as well. Like something could have happened, you know, is my thought. Yeah, totally. I, I agree. Although, you know what, I, I'll say in the in the case of me and Daisy, um, because that was a very very real connection. Not to like jump ahead or anything. Oh, that's okay. Um, but it, it it didn't really happen until uh, a lot of it happened off camera, and then um, a lot of it happened after I had quit the show and left. And then we were making plans to actually hang out when it was over. Mm-hmm. Um, done filming, you know, and. Um, you know, I think but at the same time, I think there's something weird psychologically that happens to you when you're in a house full of uh, like 25 other people of the same sex, all competing for the one member of the opposite sex. <laughs> you know, there's lots of free alcohol and there's just craziness. And there's this like you, somehow you it becomes this thing where like you develop real feelings kind of, you know, and uh, you 
you know, and of course, you know, a part of you wants to be the one who is picked because it's very, you know, self-affirming, I guess. Um, so yeah, so the, the, the psychology of it is, is weird. They've got it down to a science. I mean, it's, it's, I believe these people, especially like on the bachelor, bachelorette and everything that they actually do develop these feelings and then they get into the real world and it's like, Oh fuck, I hate this person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're so immersed and and you totally nailed it because you're, you're in this house. They deprive you of, of everything. I always used to joke, like when I was in um, Mexico doing, I love money three. I I remember I had this like realization because I'm a news junkie. And I'm like obsessively every day, like checking the news and stuff. And, um, yep. and I remember there, like, cause, because they take away your cell phones, you're, you're not allowed to get online. You can't do emails. You can't, I'm like, there could be literally like a nuclear bomb going off. And like, we would have no idea, <laughs> you know, we'd be like, well, yeah. who's going to win the next challenge and who are you going to eliminate? <laughs> As meanwhile, like, right. you know, the apocalypse is happening. We would have no idea. So you're just like, you're taking the real world when you're in that house the outside world no longer exists. And the longer you're there, and as you said, like alcohol fueled and, and you're cut off from everything. So you're just, mm-hmm. you're immersed. And so then that world, this, this artificial producer created world does become your new reality. Yeah, totally. I, I always like, told people it was like this strange mix between like summer camp and boot camp, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, we're in these bunk beds and then, you know, uh, they get like, you know, five whatever am and i forget what time they, they come in because the, the, i don't know about you but they had those fake overhead lights mm-hmm. really bright ones for everything, and all of a sudden just psh, they're on and you're hung over and because <laughs> the thing is is that like with at least with the guys right like it, you start everyone's drinking right if you go to bed early so you're rested for the next day you end up with dicks drawn all over your face <laughs> yeah yeah so you have to be the last ones to go to bed so that you <laughs> morning without you know keep the, keep the dicks your off your face <laughs> yes exactly uh you know <laughs> you're 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 staying up all night you're drinking you're drinking waiting for people to start passing out then you go to bed and then like three hours later these lights are on there's camera people in your bedroom you know like and uh it's the worst yeah it, yeah the, and the best too it was uh <laughs> you know hell of a time so at what point did you um actually i'm not going to ask you that first Okay, so when you when you went on, like for, for us girls, you know, we're like, you know, okay, Brett Michaels, like we know exactly who that is. And like, there's that like rock star, like, ooh, you know, even if you weren't trying, like for me personally, I wasn't really like into dating somebody like Brett Michaels, but, but you couldn't help the fact that you're starstruck. I mean, he is a star and he's good looking and he's yeah. charismatic. So there's that. And even Flavor Flav, you know, for those girls that went on, like it's fucking Flavor Flav, you know, but for you to go yeah. on and you're like, it's, Daisy, this girl, I'm not really sure who it is. Was that, was that weird for you? Like, did that, was that like a, did that turn you off a little bit or were you just like, oh, well, I guess this is what we're working with. So I'm going to go for it. And then you start developing feelings or how did that happen? Um, you know, I, I didn't know who she was, but I mean, I, I guess uh, part of me was like, uh, I wouldn't say starstruck, but there's this nervousness that, I don't know the really the level of fame that she has or whatever, you know, and, and, uh, but then there's, you know, there's, um, I think, I think I was affected more by the fact that there's like 25 other guys competing for her and I wanted to be, you know, the the one. Yeah, of course. But, um, but you know, the thing that I guess that happened is that, you know, we started talking about like, you know, and of course they don't show this stuff cause it's, it's boring, but it's like the stuff that really builds connection. It's like music, our first concerts, favorite movies, favorite directors, you know, like artists, things that we, you know, we were into and we just get into these conversations and just kind of like everyone else kind of just would feel like, you know, tuning everything out, you know, mm-hmm. and just me and her talking and, and, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think, you know, it's not starstruck or anything. Just like I was actually unexpectedly um, uh, kind of uh, taken with her, you know, like I, I had a, I didn't expect to actually like her, you know. Um, yeah, well, that, I guess but, that's what I mean. I think I, I, um, I didn't speak uh, clearly. I guess what I meant is that in your case, not just you, but all the guys there, it was, it was the opposite of what our experience was. Our experience was we had this rock star. Oh. Yeah. And and no diss on on Daisy, but but she was famous for a different reason I than see. Brett Michaels and Flavor Flav. So I guess that's kind of what I meant. So going on, and this is this girl is essentially a stranger to you. So I'm just wondering how that mm-hmm. changed things for you. But that it also sounds like you did develop um, 
feelings for her organically based on what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think like, um, you know, I didn't, yeah, I remember listening to it's like, you know, ride the wind, you know, like old poisons, you know, stuff like, uh, you know, on skinny bop and all this yeah. stuff. And, and uh, so I think I would have been in that, in your situation, if I, you know, had been uh, a female competing in that, that would have been kind of weird because it's part of like, you know, my childhood was some of that music. Yeah. Right? That's why so it was that, such a trip. Totally. Yeah. That is a trip. That is, that's definitely a trip. So no, I, it wasn't anything like that. I didn't really know, you know, I didn't know much about her until I, I like looked up her MySpace page in the hotel. And, uh, but yeah, no, it was just, um, it, it, there wasn't any of that kind of, you know, being starstruck except for the fact that what the hell I'm on TV. Like now yeah. I'm going to be on VH1. Like, you know, this is kind of a, a big thing. Like this is going to change my life. Yeah, and that day one, day one of of being on the shows is really surreal because when you they're like and go and you're like walking like hey nice to meet you how are you and there's like cameras just watching and like this is so (laughs) freaking weird and yeah and you're you're aware like this is gonna be on VH1 this is gonna be a big deal so um but it was it was interesting watching Daisy of Love because I felt like um Daisy she. Like the other guys just didn't even have a freaking chance, you know? And and it was obvious from the viewer's perspective that she was like super into you and she was gravitating towards you. And I feel like she thought all the other guys were sort of a waste of time. You know, I, I felt like she had kind of something a little bit with like 12 pack. And I felt like she kind of like thought that Sinister and Chi Chi were cute. But, um, you know, and there were some, there were some great guys on your show and there were some strange guys on your show and like guys that like clearly shouldn't have been there. But I felt like, the whole reason they were there is because they shouldn't have been there. It's like guys doing backflips and stuff like that. Um, but, but I felt like it was almost not, not fair because none of them had it. Well, while you were in the house, I feel like the other guys just like didn't even have a fighting chance. Did, did you see it like I, that know, too? Um, I, I got that impression, but you also never know, you know, at the same time, you know, because her and 12 pack did have their, their moments and stuff like, or I wasn't there. And I think that that was something that actually contributed to me quitting the show um, is because um, you know, we, we did have this connection, but you know, you could tell that, you know, uh, there came a point where she was, I think being artificially kind of um, uh, condescending to me kind of. And, and I think because, you know, they're making a show and the producers tell you, you know, Hey, you've got to make sure that you're, you're showing all these guys, like attention and everything. And I didn't, that wasn't my thing, you know? And I'm like, okay, I'm getting feelings now. So. It make you uh, feel like shit. You like this person and they're off making out with somebody else. And you're like, what am I, I'm just chopped liver over here. (laughs) It's, that's a difficult thing. I I knew that wasn't, it wasn't so much the, the, her making out with the guys. Cause I knew that's like a part of it and everything. And I was never that kind of uh, into um, physical ownership of, 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 uh, Another person's body, I think, is yeah, kind of Yeah, but we're uh, human beings at the same time. You know, you're not a robot. Yeah, no, but it was more, it was more, I think, that uh, there's, um, you're, you're, there's behavior that's uh, happening in one instance, and then suddenly a complete change, and the person is reacting completely differently to you. And you know it's because of it, they're making a show, and they have to, they have to portray a character, they have to create drama, there has to be. You know, it can't just be this big love fest between two people for like a whole season. Right. So, yeah, you know, there were her behavior towards me at times was uh, it became um, obvious that she was purposely kind of giving me shit, I guess. Yeah, that sucks, though. That sucks because, you know, it it casts doubt. And it and then, of course, you also know you're on TV. So you're like, is this just people making me look stupid now so that it's for ratings? I'm sure all that went through your mind. That's why I quit the show is I was like, all right, you know what? Like I'm, I'm, I'm basically here. I'm going to be, uh, I'm here to be like turned into some kind of a joke. I'm not going to let that happen to me. Um, you know, there is uh, like a scene, like uh, the scene where I flipped out, like in the limo and everything, it was all because I had, they, they don't, they didn't show this, but if you watch it back, it's, it's edited. You'll see like my leather jacket kind of switching back and forth to me and her. She was cold. And like, I offered her my jacket. And she like did this like, you know, ew, no, this stinks like smoke. Ew, like cigarettes, gross. And I'm like, okay, you're- She's a smoker smoke. though, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's weird. And then, and then 
But then she was like, after doing that, and then she's like, here, give me that jacket. I want to wear it. She's like, you can wear this one. And she takes this little pink frilly thing that she has and like throws it to me <laughs> in the limo. And I'm just like, oh, no, no. I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. And I, I said in the limo, I'm like, you know what? I don't care. Like if this is, you know, I know it's TV, whatever. Like if I do something stupid, if I get drunk and pass out on the floor, that's on me. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I own that. Right. But like, you're not going to manufacture like you know, stuff to make me look stupid. Like right. I'm just not going to do that. And that's why I quit the show. I don't blame you. You basically like took control back for yourself. Yeah. And so, and clearly when you were leaving, she was, um, she was pretty devastated. Um, and, and at that point you, you, you seemed like you genuinely had feelings for her. Yeah. So um, was that hard for you to, to leave her behind? Like when you left, were you, were you thinking like, I'm not ever going to see her again? Or what were you perceiving was going to happen? at that point or were you even looking guess, that far ahead I thought I'd never see her again I mean I didn't I, I don't know if I thought too much further ahead but um I didn't expect to see her again or anything but uh then like as I'm getting into the van that they put you in take you right you know to the airport or the hotel or whatever that um one someone from production runs up I'm sorry I, I ate a grape oh you're good <laughs> <So, laughs> I don't sound clear I apologize no that's um, okay well I'll actually I'll interrupt you really quick while you're chewing your grape um, that's a sentence I never thought I would say. Um, <laughs> did, did the producers, <laughs> rock and roll. <laughs> all right. Did the producers fight you on that? Like, I'm surprised that the producers just let you go because I know on rock of love, all of the different seasons, uh, some of the girls who came onto the podcast told me they, they tried to leave and producers like fought them on it. Christy Joe even said they, they, um, threatened to sue her if she left. So, um, yes. Brandy M wanted to leave and, um, so yeah, they, I, a lot of them wanted to leave actually. And so did they, how did they not, they didn't fight you on it? The producers? No, they did. They fought me on it. Um, but I was having, you know, I was having some health problems at the time. Um, I still do with my left ear. Um, and, uh, um, it's been an ongoing thing, but like, I wasn't, you know, I didn't want to be there and I was saying, I want to go home and, you know, they fought me on it and everything. And I realized that the only thing that I could do, and I don't know if this had happened before on any of these shows, was to uh, not accept the uh, thing, the, 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 the rose. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Is it, is it cause, because then it's <clears throat> like, I can't just pack my bags and disappear and have them be like, okay, cool. We'll just like explain it away. I had to do like, you know, I had to be at the, the ceremony thing, at the uh, eliminations, to actually just turn down the chance to stay. And I realized that was the only way I was getting out. So and she had, she had no idea that you were going to do this, right? Like, did you have this conversation with her? Like, hey, just so you know, I'm going to, I'm planning on leaving. Or was this like a complete yeah, shock did. surprise to her as well? No, she, she knew there was a very good chance I was going to do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Had she tried to talk you out of it as of that point? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She looked but, pretty you know, um, devastated. There was, I guess, to me, like at the time, I in my head, I'm thinking, okay, how much of the, what she's saying to me about her feelings is real, and how much of it is producers telling her to go do this? Of course, yeah, you know? that would be confusing. I totally get why you would second guess all that. Yeah. So you're in the lim- you're in the whatever the the vehicle where they're taking you out um, after you had left, and so then the producer ran and, and brought you a note. You said that she had written you. Yeah. What did the notes and say? just had her number and said, hey, like, you know, you're the only person here that I actually, you know, uh, okay. had something with. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'd like to meet up when this is all over and, you know, see what happens. You know, and then I got all excited and happy and I'm <laughs> like, yeah. So, you know, and I, I text her and, you know, it takes a little bit, but then I get a response and then, you know, we start texting back and forth and calling each other and I guess uh at some point they found out and took her phone away and that's when they called me and we're like all right look dude like just come back because you know that it, would make it, a crazy it, it story. makes sense you know you should come back and so you know I figured um at that point yeah like why not like go back and how much time had passed happens. how much time had passed from the time you left to the time you came back and in, in like the real world time, how much time had it been? Yeah, let's see. I think, uh, um, I, I think I was gone for like three, ep- three or four episodes. And that's like, what, three days an episode. That's like a, so, a week or a week and a half or so? Maybe like a week and a half. Wow. Um, two weeks. 
Um, yeah. And, and initially they had gotten me the, the first flight that they had convinced me to get on, to go back. I ended up not getting on it because I was really, really unsure about going back. Um, but, um, at the time I was like, you know what, it might be worth it. She might be worth it. And, and then I ended up, you know, talking to, um, uh, to Ricky and, you know, he talked me to come back and I, and I told him exactly what my issues were. And he was like, I get it, dude. You know, I totally get it. But like, I can tell you that, you know, she really has feelings for you. So, you know, just come back out here, you know? And I said, well, like, you know, I don't want to be a character. I don't want to be like, you know, like a joke or whatever. And, and, you know, uh, he was like, don't be just come out here and be yourself, you know? And, and, uh, that's why I say like, they didn't get the person that auditioned because mm-hmm. I realized like I, I wasn't, I didn't want to be that guy. So I kind of just, uh, withdrew my personality a bit. And just mm-hmm. focused on me and and Daisy because, like, the house was full of like you know guys it's, who could like whoop my ass like yeah twelve pack <laughs> big rig and they're all busting on me and shit and sinister's trashing me and everything so I was like all right well I can get into these constant you know verbal battles and and be sucked into this this fighting and this like you know this drama the and everything drama. or I can just you know sit there and just be like. Okay, cool. Like, yeah, <laughs> what you say, man? Cool, you know. Yeah, and I, that's the thing, so very much. You were the the diplomat for sure. Um, yeah, and I know the guys were like, from their perspective, I don't blame them at all. They're like, this is totally not fair. Like, we're out here like having to win challenges and all, and like prove ourselves over and over again every day. Like, yes, I'm the the one who really loves Daisy the most, and you know more so than that okay. guy. And so you're just like, oh, I'm gonna peace out. I'm gonna peace back in now. And all these guys are like, you know, winning challenges. They're like, what the fuck? You know what? How is this happening? <laughs> they, they, they should all thank me because I got them their I Love Money appearances. There you know? you go. I, right? Everybody knows the winner doesn't get anything. It's the second place, third place. Those are the guys who get, you know, they go on I Love Money and, and all that other all stuff. All their like so. other shows and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so when you came back, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ultimately, then eventually you won. So when you were in that moment of like, okay, you, 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 you won, you guys are like making out, you're like super happy before you end up leaving the house, what was like the future in your mind at all? Or were you just in the present? Like, were you thinking that like, obviously she lived in LA, you lived in New York. Did you have plans for the future with you and and Daisy? I mean, I didn't think it was going to be that hard because we actually had some, um, you know, connections, um, uh, the, uh, I don't know, I wouldn't say mutual friends, but like, you know, people like the, the, the triplets that were in the first episode oh, yeah. <laughs> um, with my bass player before like the show for a little while, you know, uh, Daisy was friends with them. That's why they were on the show. That's she so brought crazy. them on because friends, you know? So I mean, there were all these like little kind of connections and we were going out to LA because, you know, um, you know, just band stuff. And it was good to kind of try to get out of New York and, and, have a presence elsewhere. We had talked as a band about moving to LA and the, you know, um, especially after like CB's closed and a lot of the, the venues were closing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, it's totally possible. Like my band moves out to LA and like, you know, this is my girl. We, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Very easy at the time. So this whole situation could have become like an amazing love story. You guys could have been like the new, you know, VH1 of love power couple and some shit went on in your personal private life. That was such like, like if it was a soap opera, I could see this being yeah, like right. a, like a subplot in, in a soap opera. It was just like so wild yeah. and just fucked your shit up. Let's talk about hey. your, the, the girl that you were casually seeing prior to Daisy and what happened with that, that just threw a monkey wrench in your whole Daisy situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to, this is something where um, I want to be careful, um, you know, because, uh, you know, I don't want, you know, my daughter will probably hear this and, and, and you know, my, and her mom, uh, my ex will, will probably hear it. So, you know, it, it, um, it was, I, I guess at the time, I wasn't really in the headspace for anything serious. So it was, it was a casual thing, but, um, you know, the week that I was home, even though I was texting Daisy a lot and everything, I ended up, uh, she ended up getting pregnant. Um, and you know, I, not Daisy, the person me, that, um, that yeah, you were seeing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, and she gave me an amazing, uh, amazingly beautiful, intelligent, uh, daughter who is uh, going to be turning 11 
in October. And, uh, you know, it saved my life. Honestly, if I'd gone out to LA, I would have been, I would have died. I would have had, you know, drug overdose or something, you know? Um, so I, I like to think that, you know, it happened for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it, it, there's a, I, I, sometimes I think about the traje- the trajectory that I was on with my band where we actually had some, we did some showcases for Atlantic records. Like we were, you know, trying to get our album done and everything. And the trajectory was like going this one way. And then all of a sudden it's like, at, right when everything seems like it's all coming together, it like all falls apart. The universe but, is like, and baby, <laughs> that yes. changes everything. <laughs> you know, and I, and I told Daisy about it in, in the beginning. Um, I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, so, you know, I, I wouldn't say like I, I led her on or, or anything. I was honest with her, but, you know, I didn't know what the future was going to hold. And I just in the end decided that uh, I wanted to give my daughter a shot at having like a regular two parent family. And if I didn't at least try, then I was going to, you know, hate myself later. And, um, that's awesome. That was admirable of you for sure. A lot of girls grow up not having their, their dad or their father figure in their life. So the fact that you decided that you wanted to be a father to this child, that's, that's really admirable. I mean, that's how it's supposed to go. And so many men do not step up to the plate when it comes to that kind of stuff. So, um, I think that's great that you did that. I can, I can understand from um, Daisy's perspective uh, mm-hmm. how she was like, you know, I, I, you, I, I chose you and, you know, and here you are, you know, fathering a child. And then, um, but I also understand your perspective because you're, you're like, look, there's no commitment to anybody at this point. You're, you're essentially single. And um, we all know that these shows don't usually end up in like long-term relationships. So, um, yeah. but it seemed like Daisy maybe was one of the exceptions of somebody who like actually wanted a relationship after this, but you had left. And so, you know, what, what, what were her, so how did that go down? What, like, when did you have the conversation with Daisy? Like, Hey, by the way, I fathered a child <laughs> while, you know, Daisy of love was happening. How, how did you have that conversation? how did you bring it up? How did she take it? Uh, God, it's tough to remember. I mean, but, uh, not well, <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I was in, I was, you know, I was, or at least thought I was in love with, with Daisy, um, uh, at the time. And that was, you know, who I, and, and, and you know, and, and no disrespect to my daughter's mother at all, because the, you know, um, the time that you spend on these shows, it's so intense, right. That you form obviously like a closer bond, you know, uh, that I would have formed a closer bond with her, you know? And it's kind of um, like being on tour. Yeah, You're like just with this person 24 seven. So you end up like yeah. tour relationships are more intense because even though they're shorter time span, you're in, in the grand scheme, you're with them more time than you would be if you had casually dated them for three or four months. Totally. I mean, you know, if you if you were in quarantine with like, you know, uh, a new girlfriend, you know, through this whole thing, you know, you probably would have spent so much time, as much time together as you would have by casually dating for like a year or right. two, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So it's, uh, it, it was, you know, and it ended up being, I, I feel, I, 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 uh, I've said this, you know, before, uh, but you know, I, I feel bad because I did not give her the pregnancy that she deserved, um, uh, because I was kind of split. Like I didn't have, you know, my priorities were not, ever to have kids or anything. So I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, like I want to go have my career and date the person that I've got this connection with and, and everything, you know, um, you know, but like you're pregnant. So I'm trying to be there, but I'm not really there, you know? Right. And it sounds like that was originally more of just like a a casual fling kind of thing that ultimately ended up with a a pregnancy. So what, what was she saying while you were, I mean, obviously she knew that you were going off to do Daisy of Love, even though you guys were having this fling, was, was she supportive of you doing Daisy of Love or was she like angry about it or what was her feelings about the whole thing? I think uh, at the time I was so self-centered that I didn't really care or, yeah. you know, notice, uh, you know, um, <laughs> I, I wasn't too concerned with it. You know, it was, uh, um, cause this was not a girlfriend. To be clear. No, I mean, well, you know, she would probably say differently, but you know, um, at the time in my head, no, I mean, it wasn't, you know, um, and, uh, you know, it, it was, the whole situation was kind of, it was just something I was very ill-equipped to handle, 
Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, you know, I'm sleeping, you know, uh, couches on the rehearsal studio. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in New York City. I'm partying. Like, that's my life, you know, playing music and partying. Yeah. And then I do the show and I'm like, okay, so like I'm going to be like kind of famous. I mean, you know, arguably like D-list, maybe E or F-list famous, <laughs> but like you know, to some degree. Right. Now I've got to, <clears throat> I've got to choose like, can I be a father and still take advantage of this, right? And it, it kind of, you know, the second I found out I was having a girl, it was like over. That's when I was like, all right, I got to be, I don't know why. It just, you know, I found out it was, a, I was having a girl and it just hit me and I'm like, you know, she needs her dad. She needs a dad. So I, um, awesome. I ended it with Daisy and, um, you know, moved to Pittsburgh. And, <laughs> With uh, with her mom, and we were you know together and on and off uh, for for years. And I, my daughter is amazing, amazing, that's awesome. Like, she's I think like, that's incredible. Inc- I love it. Sorry, I'm gonna let you talk. Piano. I'm gonna shut up. Go no, ahead. Sorry. I'll go on, but yeah, you should see her play piano. It's it's it's, it's amazing. Like I always tell her, like you are better at, on the piano at 11 than I ever was on the guitar. You know. That's amazing. Because uh, it blows me away the, the 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 effort that she she's put into it. So uh, she might be you might be I, maybe uh, you know I'll get to live vicariously through her one day, and she'll be a big big star. That's amazing. I love that, and I'm all for girls that are like learning to play instruments and becoming young musicians themselves. Um, I think that's yes. amazing, and I think that's great. You know, it's it's a it's a difficult situation because on the one hand, it sounds like it wasn't um, a situation that was planned or necessarily wanted. But on the other hand, yeah. you got this like amazing gift out of it, which was your your daughter. But um, it's it's also his name. T- his name is L A. Um, it's spelled E L L E apostrophe A. Yeah. Um, and if she hears this, L A. I love you very much, honey. Oh, mm. I love L A. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. That's such a tough. You know, I can I can totally see in this situation. I can see your perspective and where you were coming from. I can see. Daisy's perspective and where she was coming from. And I can see your, your ex's perspective and where she can, she was coming from. And it just sucks because it's, it's really like so difficult for, for all three people involved. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I just, I, I feel for all three of you, you know, and, um, but to get back to, um, to Daisy. uh, So after the show, uh, like finished, like the last day of filming, how, long did you guys see each other or date until you had to let her know what was going on with the other woman? Well, I mean, she knew about the pregnancy and everything <clears throat> like almost right away, but I think about, it was about three months, you know? Um, and it, you know, but it wasn't like a, it was like kind of like she'd be in New York and we'd, you know, meet up or I'd go to, you know, LA and, you know, we'd have these little periods and you know and there was it was one of those you know it was one of those like you're young and it's dramatic and you're fighting and it's pat you have that passion kind of thing and, yeah you know, but i was i was all kinds of fucked up then honestly like um you know i, I was uh you know complete mess and i think everybody was to be totally honest with you i don't think there's any like non-mess people in this whole equation <laughs> for that time period you know <laughs> You know, and you don't go on, you know, VH1 reality shows if you've got, they don't put you on unless you are completely messed up. Yeah. So. Yeah, totally. Like, you're, nobody's like, well, I was a scholar and then I decided to <laughs> go with, um, totally. yeah. So, so I want to ask you, I want to pick your brain a little bit about Daisy because um, a lot of the fans um, really love her and I totally get it. And um, I have been pretty good about biting my tongue about my feelings. Everybody knows um, who watches the podcast. She's not my favorite person. Um, and, yeah. but they're like, you should try to bring her on. <clears throat> and it sucks because I, I like having connections with, um, all of these girls from the show and shows and all the guys from the shows. Yeah. And, um, and I am, am very open to, to everybody. I'm open to having friendships with, with pretty much anybody. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, my experience with Daisy, um, I, you know, I saw her a couple times after the shows and I would always try to go say hi to her. I felt like she was a little bit stuck up towards me whenever I tried to meet her, which was confusing to me because we were like, we were all on Rock of Love. Like, I don't know, nobody was like higher up than anybody else. And I remember there was a, excuse me, allergies. Um, There was a documentary that I was invited to be a part of by a friend of mine. 
<clears throat> a woman named Shannon Keith, who uh, is an animal rights activist and also um, she directs um, documentaries. She, she runs an organization called Beagle Freedom Project. She's an incredible woman. And mm-hmm. she was doing a documentary called Skin Trade that was um, basically exposing all the horrors within the fur industry. And everybody who's watched Rock of Love knows that's like a big passion of mine, the whole anti-fur movement. And so, um, so Shannon invited me to be on this, in this documentary to, you know, speak my mind about the fur industry and, you know, lay down some knowledge and that sort of thing. So when the documentary uh-huh. came out, there was a, a premiere in Los Angeles. <clears throat> and um, so it was at a movie theater. I think it was on the Paramount Studios a lot, if I remember correctly. So um, went to the premiere. Um, it was a very well done documentary. As I said, I was in it. So I was very proud of myself as well. Afterwards, um, everybody exited and there was a big red carpet where everybody that was a part of the documentary was going to be on the red carpet and get their pictures taken. So um, mm-hmm. I'm waiting in line to get on the red carpet and I look over and I see Daisy. And I was like, why is Daisy here? Like, this is, this is weird because this is predominantly people who are part of the animal rights activist world. And I yes. just have never known Daisy to have anything to do with that. So I was confused as why she was there. And so... I was waiting my turn to go on the red carpet and then they had, you know, the director and the producers and the whole cast of the documentary and they call my name to come up on the red carpet. And so I'm in my proud moment, you know? So I go up there and this is a big passion project for me. So I go up on the red carpet. I made sure to stand on the end because I wasn't like the main person in the documentaries. That was where like the director goes. So I stood on the end yeah. and so we're getting ready to have the picture taken. I'm like, you know, smiling. All of a sudden, Daisy comes running up she stands directly, I swear to God, in front of me and, um, mm-hmm. and, and like blocks me in the picture. She wasn't in the documentary. She's not an animal rights activist. She has nothing to do with yeah. it. And she just jumped in and was stood right in front of me. And then as soon as the photos were done, she just like jumped out and took off. And I was like, well, I can't start shit with her on the red carpet in front of all these people. So I just kind of <laughs> had to be like, uh, okay, I guess this is happening. And then she just like bounced. And I was like, Wow. And oh, I remember what? getting the pictures back and there's her big dumb face like <laughs> totally right in front of mine. I, and then I, I, af- I, after that, she just was like never very friendly. So I don't know. So like, this is why I, I kind of have issues, you know, it just always yeah, rubbed me yeah. the wrong way. In, in a sense, I think she was ahead of her time because isn't, that's kind of what things have become nowadays is like <laughs> to get some, to get recognition, you just like get yourself in any kind of yourself take you know it doesn't matter if they people love you or hate you like just be in pictures like be in the news be in anything you can be seen you know right and i think that um i know that she had a lot of insecurities and she had you know it's not my place to talk about but she had a a tough childhood and um i think she's actually a very uh, intelligent very very intelligent very uh, creative talented person with a kind heart I think that they're at the time they're just like myself, a lot of drugs, partying, um, being with people who would lead you in the wrong direction. And I think that, um, you know, uh, I have issues with, you know, my parents and I've got mental health issues that I've struggled with for a, a long time. Um, but, you know, uh, and, and so I think some people, um, they need something to uh, nurture them. And I think that for Daisy, maybe the pursuit of fame was kind of like, um, uh, like a, gave some kind of purpose to, to life. You know, I remember that she said to me, like, you know, on the show one time, she's like, you know, I, I, I want to give you this gift of like you being, of like picking you and you having the, the fame, right? Like she was giving you it know? to you. Yes, but it was a very heartfelt way that she said it it wasn't like she was like i think you deserve it you know you're talented and like you know and you know we had feelings for each other and she's like i want you to have this gift of like you know so you know use it you know and i think that to her it was like she thought it was like that was um the the thing that made her feel uh like worth something yeah was Fame. Oh, and it didn't matter about the personal connections or what you thought of her, what anybody thought of her. It was, you know, how she felt about herself in the moment, you know? And, and I think that, um, I think you, you know, you, it's tough. I mean, I understand why, totally why you would be, you know, kind of salty about that. Um, <laughs> and, 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 uh, you know, I'd probably, I'd be the same way. Well, it reminded me of what I dealt with with Daisy was a lot of like what I dealt with, with, um, with Heather 
Um, Heather, you know, there's that infamous scene from Charm School where I say, you know, you think you're an A-list celebrity. And she goes, I am, bitch. And there was a couple of girls, Heather, I felt like Daisy was one as well, where for some reason they got this like just gigantic um, inflated ego. And, you know, from what I know with Heather, um, she does have massive insecurities. And what people who are close to Daisy have told me is that, that Daisy has massive insecurities as well. But both of them, they, they seem to try to compensate for that by having these like insane giant egos and this like grandiose, overly inflated um, idea of, of themselves. And my perspective is like, we all came from the same shows. And mm-hmm. even if like somebody went on to become hugely famous, it doesn't matter. Like you, you be humble. There is no reason to act like as if you are bigger or better or more, more popular or powerful or whatever than, than other people. So that, that kind of arrogance always, always rubs me the wrong way. And I think you're being like incredibly compassionate. I understand you're saying that she had a difficult upbringing, but like, to be honest, um, we all did. We all had tragedies in our, in our past. We all had tragedies in our, in our childhood, but we have to be personally accountable for how we treat everybody around us, Mm -hmm. especially when the cameras are not rolling. That's when it really matters the most, you know? And I know, I I heard that she said to you that she, there was one moment where she was kind of doubting your affection towards her, where she was thinking that you were just like in this, like using her to get your band famous. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was just like, you know, I was like, you're not, you're not that famous, you know, like I'm not that because, uh, but you know, I, I, I think here's a, 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 a little pushback that I'll give you on this. And I am in no way discrediting how you feel and everything. Oh, but, right. No, I, um, I, I want to pick your brain. So it's all good. I like your perspective. I, I'm living in New York where like basically, uh, and this is a big difference between New York at the time and LA, right? New York uh, is like, no one wants to put up with your bullshit. Right. Right. You start acting like you're hot shit. Like people are like, fuck you. Like, I don't need, you know, <laughs> right. And, and like I said like in New York, um, no matter how much partying, like if you ever got to a certain point where you were like going too far, you know, someone would always be like, dude, like, no, it's like, stop, like taking you home. Like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, you know, kind of be an actual friend, even though, you know, and, and when I, at the time I lived in LA, I found that everyone there was kind of like a, a leech mm-hmm. and it would just egg you on and no one really cared. It was all about, you know, them. And I think that, yeah. you know, it's in LA uh, where there isn't really anybody to bring you back down and say, I mean, there's a lot of famous people there, but you know, depending if you're in the, a certain circle, you know, and you've got your hanger on hangers ons and stuff. They and become like yes men. Yeah. You get this uh, inflated sense of ego. And you know, I, I battled with that a little bit too, after, you know, getting some fame, you know, with my band, like me maybe having in, my attitude towards them changing a little bit. And, you know, I think that, um, uh, the humbleness, um, you know, I, I think I've always kind of had to a degree, but it's definitely, um, as I've gotten older, I've learned, you know, the, the dignity of that, mm-hmm. you know, of that, of being humble and, and, uh, not putting yourself above others. And I think, um, I haven't really talked to Daisy in, you know, maybe once or twice in like the last 10 years. But, yeah, I was going to ask um, you about that That next. That So that whole relationship just went sour, basically. Yeah, yeah, we haven't really spoken. But, um, you know, I, I've seen like, on it seems like on social media and stuff, like she's kind of taken that humble, uh, that, that taken on that humbleness. I mean, she's, um, you know, she's herself. Uh, she's well, I think got it's her- easy to do, to, to play devil's advocate here. Um, I think it's easy to do when the chips are down, you know? It, it's who are you when, when everything is, is going great? Who are you at your best and who are you at your worst, you know? Yes. And um, so like, of course, when she doesn't have the, the hit show and of course, when um, the, I, I know I'm kind of being an asshole right now, but, but um, it, it's just, it's frustrating to me because, you know, I think I'm a little bit butthurt also because like I wanted to have that connection to Daisy. I want to have that connection to everybody. You know, I'm an artist, she's an artist, you're an artist. All these people who come on these shows are, um, are entertainers to some degree. That's why we all got on the shows. So um, it, it is kind of like a slap in the face, you know? And I, and I just get like, kind of when that happens to me, I don't really have a lot of like patience for that shit. And I am a little bit like of a grudge holder with, you know, I'm not going to go and 
try to make anything difficult for them. But at the same time, once I feel like I've been kind of burned by somebody, I'm like, all right, well, fuck you then. Like, I don't really have any, any reason to try to like make that right. And there's people like that in my life that I've taken that approach with too. But just to maybe, um, I don't know, this might be a perspective that you haven't really kind of, uh, that I think uh, we all have to kind of consider sometimes is, uh, what you're saying is very true when the chips are down, but over the time frame we're talking about, like a 10 year time frame, I think it's it, it, you kind of lose that ability to judge someone on how they were when you know because uh, they, people can evolve. Uh, you know, no, nobody changes That's overnight. That's true. I mean, you're you're 100. I get where you're going with this, but but nobody keep going, please. That moment of euphoric, that euphoric moment, like oh my god, I'm such a you know I'm so you know I've been a bitch to people. I've treated people badly, and they change overnight. But over the course of 10 years, you're right. I think you have to take whatever opinion you held about somebody 10 years ago and kind of toss it. And uh, try to see, uh, you know, if you want to, at least to create a, uh, a chance to create a new opinion because people can change drastically over 10 years. I know I have. So, You're totally right. It, and I got to say, I have, I have given a hard time to other people for holding on to an idea they had from a person from 10 years ago. And so I'm being a little bit of a hypocrite by doing exa- literally exactly the same thing. Um, you're, uh, your time scale is, 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 is it matters the, the, the time scale that we're, you're operating on, you know, but it's hard sometimes to remember that because time goes by so fast. I mean, yes. You know, my daughter was like this little thing and now she's like this, you know, gigantic, like, you know, <laughs> stock, you know, and it seems like it happened overnight. So yeah, it, it's, it's easier for someone on the outside to see that perspective than, when you're on the inside. So, you know, I totally, I get, I get where you're coming from. Totally. Yeah. I I appreciate that. And, you know, I I love your insight. I love your perspective on things. Um, I, I, I respect you. I respect your journey. Um, It it sounds like you were given some like hard choices and you really um, stepped up and, and felt like you, you, you had to do what was the best thing, not necessarily for you, but for this, for this little girl, for her mother. Um, I think that's incredible because it, yeah, that was a not easy, um, decision. I, I feel like you probably had like a devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other of like, like which path do I take, you know? And you, and you did take the less selfish, you took the selfless path. I tried. I tried. I didn't always succeed, but you know, I tried. And, um, you know, I like to think I succeeded more than I failed and, uh, you know, I'm still, still a work in progress, you know? Um, you know, I mean, uh, like I told you, I've had mental health issues. I think about, a year ago, uh, you know, I, I was in a really dark place and I didn't think I'd still be here today, but yeah. I'm actually doing uh, better so than I have in forever right now, you know? Um, so, you know, I, it's life is, it's like one of its constant journey and, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. I I'm you never so, know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry that you ended up in that dark place and we talk about uh, suicide quite a bit on the podcast. I mean, I, I told you the other day that that's how I lost my mom. And um, yeah. when I was Sorry, interviewing- Sorry, my, my heart goes out to you for that. That's tough. Thank you. That's... I appreciate that. When um, Big John was on here, um, Big John from Rock of Love, um, he said that at one point he got to such a dark place in his life that he literally put a gun in his mouth and was like almost pulled the trigger. And um, yeah. it's, it's, it's really sad. It's really, really sad that people end up thinking that um, that is their only choice. But the fact that you were able to work through that and and that you're still here and that you're doing well and and your little girl's doing well, I mean that that's a huge testament to who you are as an individual and and your personal strength. That's that's really impressive. Well, thank you. I mean, I I, I, I guess <laughs> because of the humbleness, I don't see it so much that way. I just see it as like, you know, I'm trying, trying, trying to survive, you know, knowing I have to be here for my daughter in the long run. And that in the short term, um, you know, sometimes you have to, uh, I, sometimes you have to take care of yourself in order to be able to take care of others, you know? Absolutely. So, and kind of, you know, what I'm, I'm doing currently and I'm kind of refocusing, um, you know, back onto music and uh, being creative again and um by the way to, like, nourish myself. that's great because i i did yeah. listen to um one of your songs a, a video of you performing live with your band um the uh uh i forgot Party what the Death. name yeah 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 and what was the name of the venue where you're performing that was arlene's grocery yeah yeah that City. was um yeah. that was a really i really enjoyed your band i enjoyed that song it was a great performance i had like a very bluesy kind of reminded me of like a 
Guns N' Roses meets um, STP kind of, you know, Sensible Pilots kind of vibe. I thought it was really, really cool. Can anybody find your band anywhere? Like, are there, if they want to go check out your music, where can they go? I mean, we, we, we were before Spotify and everything and, you know, we're all friends and, and everything. And, but we, we don't have really have our music. I mean, you can always search the party death on YouTube. There's some uh, good performances. There's some embarrassing ones, <laughs> uh, you know, um, but I'm, I've been um, kind of like, uh, you know, been working on this, like uh, on demoing for over the, the years, like, you know, kind of like a solo project. That's um, awesome. Okay. Which, uh, uh, going to be well. It's called "Here Comes the Night." Okay. Um, just so uh, I can put that on the record, so no one else can steal it. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, which is uh, you know uh, funny because I came up with that that name in the shower, and then I found out it's uh, a David Bowie song too, which oh, is nice. and it's one of my favorite David Bowie songs. It turns out, like you know, like I'd never heard it until after. But anyways, uh, that's kind of like a concept that I've had for a while, and I've been kind of working on demoing this stuff out so that eventually I can uh, put together something that is, uh, you know, releasable as an album that, you know, probably no one will hear, won't sell or anything, but at least I'll have Well, that. not if you're like, not on you social know. media. So if, if, if anybody wants to find you, because I swear to God, you have a lot of fans out there. You may not be aware, but you really, really do because they've all been <laughs> hitting me up going, you got to bring London on the show. Um, so, so people just, you're just like, a hermit right now like people can't find you if they wanted to is there any way that people can follow you or we're just gonna have to wait until you come back to the surface again anything under uh so uh, you know i can always reactivate my instagram my facebook and all that stuff anything under the email uh joshua fn lee joshua fn lee l-e-e at gmail.com so anything that i put up will be you know under that and uh yeah, I mean, you know, who knows? I mean, I've got, I'm, I'm kind of excited about some of the stuff that, uh, and I'm going to send you, you know, a track and maybe uh, if there's time, you could, uh, you I'll know. Put it on this podcast. Yeah. I'll put it at the, at the end of this uh, podcast. I'll, I'll put your music up on there because I'm all for, yeah, I think you're, you're a great artist. I'm all for supporting artists. So um, yeah, absolutely. So everybody who's watching this, stay tuned to the very end of this and you'll get to see Josh's music. And, and, and can I, I'll just give a shout out. Can I, real quick, sure. to Ocean Grove. Yeah, one hundred percent. You actually sent me their um, music. I thought it was really great. Yeah, Ocean Grove. They're from Australia. Yes. Flip phone fantasy. Check it out. Yeah, I was um, talking um, to you about how I'm like really was like really into new metal. I loved Corn and like Rob Zombie, Limp Bizkit, like all those bands. And uh, during the like the nineties and early 2000s and then yeah. you're like, you got to check this band out. It was really good, great production. It's like it's like they brought back 1999. And, uh, yes. and, and then just gave it like a really amazing, uh, production. It was like, it was pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's a fresh spin on it. I think and, and that, um, unlike some of the new metal from the nineties, like when you listen back, doesn't hold up as well. Right. I think this, this band kind of feels very relevant still. Yeah. It was um, fun to hear that genre again. I, I totally, I thought it was great. I thought the video was a lot of fun. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah, I totally dug check, it. So yeah. Thank you so much. Check out Sunny next. It'll be stuck in your head forever. It's, okay. You know, it's called Sunny off the album. It's really great. And uh, I like that uh, yeah, I bring so you on to, yeah. to, speaking of being humble, I bring you on to promote yourself and like, let me promote this other band. <laughs> That's very nice of you, actually. <laughs> so, well, um, there's, not, there's, there's, there's so little good music out there. Like when you find it, um, you know, you've got to kind of try to spread it so that it can grow and that there can be more of it. Yeah. So. I agree. I, I, that could be a whole episode in itself, you and I talking about music, because I definitely have a lot of thoughts on that too. But unfortunately, our time is up and I gotta, I gotta let you go. But, um, but Josh, thank you so much for taking the time to come onto the podcast and, and talk about things. I feel like we didn't even really get into like the challenges or all that stuff with, um, Daisy of Love, but <laughs> I feel like you kind of got into that on some other podcasts and I really wanted to get into like the psychology of, of all of this. So I really appreciate you. Being as open as, as you were, it really means a lot to me. I know it's going to mean a lot to the fans as well. Well, if you ever want to do it again or, or talk, uh, you know, music, whatever, uh, in future endeavors and stuff, like uh, whatever you're doing, uh, you know, just uh, um, let me know. Skype call away. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Josh. I really appreciate it. And um, we'll, I'll definitely stay in touch. Have a great rest of your night. Awesome, Lacey. Take care. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. So long.
Uh, that was awesome. I, I'm so appreciative of Josh for coming onto the podcast and, and being so open. You know, it's really, it's really cool for me to get to really dive into the psychology of my guests and, and get into like their thoughts and feelings of everything that they went through on these shows. Um, it just really shows them in a different light. And I just think it's really fascinating and really cool. So I'm very appreciative of um, Josh for coming on. That was great. Um, I also want to let you guys know about next week's guest. I am so excited. Next Monday on Talk of Love, my guest is going to be, da, 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 drum roll, Ricky Rackman from Charm School, Sharon Osborne, And he was actually most famous for being the host of MTV's Headbangers Ball for forever. I used to watch him on there when I was a little kid growing up. So I'm really, really, really excited that Ricky Rackman will be coming on next week. That is going to be a great, great episode. So be sure to tune into that one. And uh, listen, if you're enjoying this podcast, please show your support by clicking the subscribe button on YouTube and also be sure to give it a thumbs up. And also, of course, share with your friends. I really appreciate you guys so much. And um, I, I especially appreciate the uh, contributors who really are the ones who are making this podcast happen. In fact, I recently started a new Facebook private group for the contributors. And it's really, it's a cool thing. It's been going for a couple of weeks now. And it's and a lot of people are on there now who are the contributors of the Talk of Love podcast. It's just a cool sense of community because everybody who's on there, you know, I go on there, the other contributors, fans of the podcast are on there and it's all like-minded people and it's all people. We all like the same kind of music. We all we all love um, these reality TV shows. So it's fun to go on there and, um, and talk about all that stuff in, in like a safe space. It's a private group. So we're not going to get like trolls on there, you know? So if you want to join the private Facebook group, then um, all you got to do is become a contributor. The minimum is $5 a month. And just know that all the contributions go directly into keeping this podcast going. So all you got to do, go to the website, talkoflove.net slash contribute. Select your tier group. With each tier group comes certain rewards. You can sign up to get monthly Skype chats with me. You can sign up to get video shout outs. You can get the reaction videos that I've done for both Rock of Love and Charm School. There's all kinds of cool stuff, cool rewards. And you automatically get to join the private Facebook group for the Talk of Love contributors. So be sure to check that out. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you. And before I let you go, be sure to watch the end of this because I'm going to put the video up of London and his music, which I've already heard. It's really great. I think you guys will uh, appreciate it and enjoy it as well. So I'm going to have that after this, uh, the close of this podcast. So be sure to keep watching and I'll see you guys next Monday. Don't threaten me with a good time. Bye guys. <laughs>